Section 7 of the Blue Jar Storybook. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. The Blue Jar Storybook. The Little Blue Bag. Part 2. By Alicia Catherine Mant. Laura and Augusta instantly agreed to what their cousin proposed, and for some time the play went on smoothly enough. But well inclined as was Augusta to do everything to make herself pleasant and agreeable, she did not like to pretend to be naughty so often as her little mother required of her, and Agnes, as little mothers I believe frequently are, was very fond of having her play-child to punish, and sat in the corner, and to lecture and scold. Laura thought there was a little too much disgrace, and that she had much rather have been allowed to be good, but Laura never consulted her own wishes in opposition to her playfellows. Besides, Laura was a great girl, and could not be supposed to care about these things. But poor Augusta was a very little child, and had been accustomed to a great deal of indulgence from Laura, and she began to feel very serious at being so frequently reproved and disgraced. She really thought she must be naughty, or at least that Agnes thought her so, and after her little heart had been sometimes swelling with emotion, she at length burst out into tears, saying at the same time, with great vehemence, "'Indeed, Cousin Agnes, I am not naughty!' "'No, you only pretend to be naughty,' said Agnes. "'There, be a good child, and go in the corner, and pretend to be naughty once more, and presently, when you have done crying, I shall come and ask you if you are good.' "'But, indeed, I am good now!' exclaimed Augusta, resisting Agnes as she tried to lead her back to the corner. "'And I don't like to be naughty. I like to be good.' "'Let me be naughty. It is my turn to be naughty now, Agnes,' said Laura, stepping forward and taking Augusta's other hand. "'Oh, but it is not half so much fun for you to be naughty,' said Agnes. "'You are such a great girl. Besides, Augusta pretends to cry so well.' "'I don't pretend to cry, and I will not be naughty any more,' said Augusta, who was now irritated into a violent pet, and as she struggled against her cousin, who attempted to draw her to the corner, the poor child was thrown down, and her head hit against the sharp corner of the shell-box. She gave a loud scream, and Mrs. Clavering and Mrs. Parker hastened to the room. Laura picked up her little sister, on whose forehead there was a severe bruise, Agnes looked pale and ashamed, but no one explained how the accident had happened. Mrs. Clavering caught up the sobbing Augusta and rang the bell for cold water. The child ran to her mother, who drew aside the curls which almost hid the bruise, and kissing her cheek and forehead, good-humouredly assured Mrs. Clavering that it was only a trifling hurt, and in a few minutes tranquillity was restored. But Augusta, whose temper had been more hurt than her forehead, begged that she might accompany her mother to the drawing-room, and as the tea was now nearly ready, Mrs. Clavering told Agnes she might as well bring both of her cousins with her. This arrangement was not very pleasing to Agnes, for she had gained a half-promise from her mother in the morning that she should herself make tea for her cousin in a set of beautiful china which she had lately received from Nottinghamshire but Mrs. Clavering saw from Augusta's manner of clinging to her mother that something of a disagreement had taken place amongst the children, and as she was aware of Agnes's inclination to be the mistress of the party, she judged that it would be better for this evening that the elder and younger parts of the family should make but one party. Agnes was disappointed, 
very much disappointed but she fortunately recollected that the disappointment was owing to her own exertion of authority over the poor little augusta and she was wise enough to submit in silence mrs parker who was always lively and agreeable brought forward a great many laughable stories for the amusement of the young party and the mortification of the young tea-maker and the pain of augusta's forehead and more than this her anger against her cousin had all subsided before the urn had done hissing and a pile of plum cakes had been consumed this and a great many more days had passed before agnes paid another visit to her purse which lay snugly in her mother's drawer neither had her mother's drawer been opened for mrs clavering had caught a severe cold and for several days she kept her bed during this time agnes was very dull for although she spent one whole day with her cousin and another with the little montagues there was a great deal of time she was by herself and being a very sociable little girl she never preferred being without a companion her aunt parker invited her to come and stay with her entirely during her mother's illness but mrs clavering preferred her remaining at home it was fortunate that she did so for laura and augusta parker a few days after fell severely ill with an infectious fever and of course it was no longer right that they should be visited by their cousin they were for some days dangerously ill and when they did begin to get better it was very slowly and some weeks passed before it was thought fit that the cousins should meet it was also some time before mrs clavering was sufficiently recovered to leave the house again either on foot or in the carriage but mrs montague frequently called for agnes and gave her a ride in her carriage and after her own way was very kind to her but her way was that of indulging her as she did her own children in every wish they expressed whatever toys or trinkets they wished for were purchased for them and so unreasonable had they been in their wishes that mrs montague had at length been driven to refuse their going to the bazaar altogether for when there she had not the resolution as she ought to have had to deny them any particular thing they had set their minds on for this reason they had not been for some time to this tempting repository of pretty things but finding that their young friend agnes was wishing to go thither to purchase a blue bag they engaged their mother to take them once more and the day was fixed on for the proposed treat mrs clavering was sufficiently recovered to be sitting on the sofa in the drawing-room when agnes came to petition for her purse and you have settled everything that you are to buy have you not my little girl said mrs clavering as she took from the drawer the silken purse and placed it in the hand of the eager agnes oh yes mother replied agnes scarcely allowing herself time to draw on her gloves so anxious was she to be going and she ran towards the door but mrs montague has not come yet agnes said mrs clavering oh i forgot replied agnes returning toward her mother then telling upon her fingers she went on blue bag thimble needle-book scissors winders and pincushion said mrs clavering oh yes pincushion i had forgotten pincushion yes there must be a pincushion now could you not make the pincushion yourself agnes asked mrs clavering and the needle-case i should think too and laura would like them better for your making them i do not think i should be able to make them well enough mother replied agnes and i should not like to give anything clumsy to laura no i think i shall buy them well do as you please about this replied mrs clavering and mrs montague's carriage being now heard to rattle down to the door she gave her little girl a hasty kiss and agnes ran downstairs and was very soon on her road to the bazaar 
as they drove through the streets the little montagues were very eager in describing a beautiful new stall which had been opened since they had been to the bazaar it was one of french toys and trinkets and there were a great many very pretty and very ingenious things exhibiting there there were dolls and work boxes and wire dancers and puzzles of every description and so very anxious were all three of the little girls to see and admire what all the little and great girls two of their acquaintance thought so very well worth seeing and admiring that when they had left the carriage and entered the room mrs montague could scarcely keep pace with the nimble-footed little party they paced round and round the lower room and were just ascending into the upper when the first thought of the blue bag crossed the recollection of agnes oh my little blue bag she said to her young companions and slipping behind them stopped at the stall where she had before seen it displayed it was sold this was not the fault of agnes should they make another for the young lady it would be ready by to-morrow and it should be sent home to any place she should appoint yes no agnes was in a great hurry to go upstairs to the french stall and harriet and eliza were both urging her to make haste there will be prettier bags at the french stall love most likely whispered mrs montague and if not you could give this order as you return downstairs agnes wanted very little persuasion to dispatch her business below and the three little girls again quickened their pace toward the upstairs room how pretty how beautiful how curious agnes look here and harriet see this and eliza pray look at that and mother may i buy this and mother may i buy that were the hasty and rapid exclamations of the first few minutes after the young party had arrived at the famed french stall and so very much inclined were all of them to touch as well as look at everything that the chattering lady behind the counter was at length obliged in the most civil and polite manner to beg that they would be careful and not to touch what they did not want to buy but they wanted to buy everything and found it very difficult to determine what they wanted to buy most and whatever harriet and eliza fixed upon for themselves agnes thought that she should like the same for herself there was no blue bag at this stall or if it was agnes saw none nor any other bag her attention was first drawn to a droll little fellow upon wires who tumbled over and over again as fast as the eye could follow him harriet bought one of these and agnes longed for one by the side of the famous little tumbler there was a glittering row of bright shining scissors and a thought of laura glanced across our little agnes but the bag was not yet bought beside the bag might be given without the scissors and the woman said there were but two of these little tumblers ever made harriet had purchased the other and while laura and the scissors made agnes for a moment hesitate a gentleman put his hand upon the remaining tumbler agnes looked up eagerly in his face and then at the woman and the woman said she believed the young lady was going to buy that the chance of losing it determined the young lady's wavering resolution and the tumbler was paid for and the scissors forgotten then came other things equally charming and equally attractive laura was again thought of in conjunction with a box of splendid thimbles a tray of ivory winders and pincushions and needle cases without number but she could make the pincushion and needle case as her mother had advised her and her mother no doubt would give her silk for the purpose and she could make a thread case on to the pincushion and then she should not want any winders in the thimble and the scissors agnes found it rather difficult to reason away these but the sudden recollection that her father would be home before new year's day and that he would assist her in purchasing what she herself could not afford to buy 
turn the scale against poor laura and at length all the whole list of useful articles designed for the new year's gift were by degrees abandoned for a collection of showy but childish toys which were to amuse their possessor a day but not longer and perhaps not so long on returning downstairs the party again passed the stall where the blue bag had first attracted agnes's admiration on a former visit the woman who was keeping the stall curtsied civilly and asked if she might be allowed to make another bag agnes felt ashamed and hastened on for her purse was empty but the feeling did not continue painful very long for the little party were all in high spirits and when they were reseated in the carriage their tongues went fast and their merriment continued till they arrived at mrs clavering's the carriage stopped the step was let down and agnes scarcely allowing herself time to say good-bye to her companions or thank mrs montague for her morning's pleasure ran upstairs and into the drawing-room to show her treasures to her mother oh mother said the eager child as she flew across the room and began to exhibit the contents of all her little packets did you ever see anything so droll as this pretty fellow and the tumbler was placed upon the table and i am sure i never saw anything half so curious as this and another paper packet was unrolled and how hot you are my poor child said mrs clavering thinking of nothing for the first few moments but the heated countenance of her child and her tippet which was hanging half off and her bonnet which was crushed into any shape but its own why what have you been doing with yourself only playing with harriet and eliza in a carriage replied the breathless child at the same time shrugging her shoulders for now that the game of romps was over she was beginning to feel rather uncomfortable and look at this very small wee-wee humming top and another paper was unrolled and did you ever see such beautiful sweetmeats as the fourth and last packet was displayed well and where did you get all these things said mrs clavering as she turned from the heated child to the treasures displayed before her oh at the bazaar there is such a beautiful new stall there and it is covered with such pretty things and do you think that laura will like these things so well as the blue bag and the rest of the things you talked of buying for her and do you think they will be as useful to her oh mother began stammering agnes these things mother are not these are not for laura mother these are these are for myself oh agnes said mrs clavering very gravely you have not been spending all your money upon yourself and these foolish trifles and forgetting your kind good-natured cousin laura agnes's fingers were now engaged in twisting round and round them the cotton from the reel lying on her mother's lap and she felt and looked very foolish for a few moments nothing more was said but presently agnes approached closer to her mother and leaned against her mrs clavering took no notice of her little girl and did not as usual encourage her endearing advances presently agnes ventured to say it was my own money mother and you said i might do as i pleased with it however agnes knew a great deal better than to think for a moment that this was any excuse for her selfishness yes it was your own money replied mrs clavering and it certainly was given you to spend as you liked but i am sorry very sorry that i have a little girl who never considers anybody's pleasure and amusement but her own the blue bag was sold said agnes after a pause of a few minutes during which she had been picking the pins out of her mother's pincushion and dropping them one by one on the floor mrs clavering took the pincushion gently from the hand of her little girl 
and desired her to pick up the pins which she had been so carelessly scattering and were all the scissors and pincushions and thimbles sold too continued mrs clavering and would it not have been possible to have had another bag made like the one you saw the other day yes mother replied agnes as she replaced the last pin in the pincushion the woman did offer to make another but i had no money left then this will never do agnes indeed said mrs clavering if you are allowed to indulge all your wishes in this way while you continue a child you will grow up to be a disagreeable and overbearing woman did you never read whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you do ye even so to them come tell me try and recollect and as mrs clavering spoke her voice softened and she laid her cheek on the head of her little girl who had seated herself on a stool at her feet did you ever read of this yes mother i have read it in the bible replied agnes as she turned round toward her mother and lay her head coaxingly on her lap it was one of the directions of our blessed saviour continued mrs clavering and his directions we ought always to obey now supposing that your cousin laura had determined to give you anything she knew you were very desirous of having should you like her to change her mind because she fancied something for herself which she could not purchase without doing so should you not think she was unkind in doing so yes mother replied agnes but laura did not know i was going to give it to her and therefore she will not think me unkind no but you will know that you have been so replied mrs clavering and i know that you have been so and i am very much hurt that you are so for as i have frequently told you i do not like such little selfish ways as you too frequently indulge agnes did not feel comfortable and she had not half the enjoyment of her new purchases which she expected to have and she had very little pleasure in showing them to her cousins who were allowed on the next day for the first time since their illness to come and play with her the tumbler was not half so droll as he seemed to be before she bought him augusta however was delighted with him she laughed aloud at all his whimsical changes and agnes told her that she might have it if she liked for she was tired of it not a very disinterested reason but augusta was pleased with her present and also with the sweetmeats of which she partook and some of which she carried home to her brothers who were never forgotten new year's day was now approaching very fast and as it did approach agnes thought a great deal of the little blue bag and she longed for her father's return for she thought that he would give her money if she asked for it and still the present might be made but new year's day arrived and no father mr clavering had been detained by business and might not be at home yet for some weeks poor agnes her last hope gone an invitation to dinner arrived from uncle and aunt parker it was laura's birthday and the two families generally on that day had dined together on the day before agnes felt very serious for some minutes together and when the thoughts of the blue bag crossed her none of her playthings amused her and she was grave and very near shedding tears several times mrs clavering watched these emotions in her little girl but took no notice of them till the following morning when calling her to her side she said agnes i think you feel very sorry that you have been so selfish and i am sure that you have not enjoyed yourself half so much with the variety of different things you have bought for your own gratification as you would have done if you had persevered in spending your money according to your first intentions on your cousin laura 
now i do not like that laura should lose her present nor do i wish that you should suffer any more mortification than you have done for the fault you have committed so that i have been endeavouring to make an arrangement for you that shall enable you to still oblige your cousin you remember asking me a day or two since why i did not purchase new chimney ornaments for that mine looked very shabby it was my intention to have done so yesterday for you know that i have pleasure in seeing the mantelpiece prettily ornamented particularly as your father is always kind enough to admire it when it is so but i have given up this intention at present that i might use the money which would have been required for the purpose in a different way and if my dearest child continued the affectionate mother as a tear started in her eye i can teach you by this or by any other means to learn to sacrifice your own desires to those of others i shall never regret that the money has been employed in the purchase of a little blue bag thus saying mrs clavering opened the drawer of her work-table and exhibited a bag the exact copy of the one which agnes had first fixed on as a new year's gift for her cousin it was completely furnished within as it was elegant on the outside there was the gold thimble the gold sheath to the scissors the tortoise-shell needle-case the ivory winders and the pincushion edged with blue and stuck in minikin pins with the words affection from agnes to laura agnes's little heart swelled with emotion she threw her arms around the neck of her mother and sobbed aloud as she promised never again to be a selfish little girl your feelings now my sweet girl are strongly excited said mrs clavering as she pressed the lovely child in her arms and at this moment i know you mean to perform all that you promise you will find it difficult perhaps to keep your promise but you must strive to do so and in time no doubt you will succeed now go and get your pelisse and bonnet put on for the carriage will soon be at the door agnes tripped away with light steps and a merrier heart than she expected would be her companion to her uncle's the carriage was shortly after ready and the cousins in half an hour were together oh how grateful did agnes feel to her mother when laura met her in laura's arm was the box of shells which she had received from her uncle abroad and which was now quite full for laura had denied herself everything that she might complete the collection and now she presented it with a feeling of calm and quiet pleasure to her beloved cousin agnes felt ashamed and pleased humbled and gratified as she threw her arms around the neck of her dear laura to thank her and as she presented to the delighted girl in return for her beautiful box of shells the thimble the scissors the needle-case the winders the pincushion and the little blue bag end of section seven end of the blue jar story book by maria edgeworth